You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, it's Friday, and we are in the Farm Bureau studios getting ready for tomorrow's football game. It'll be an early one. Mississippi State hosting Arkansas. I'm Charlie Winfield. Bart Gregory is here with me, and this is our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. One more week of looking at these opposing teams, trying to find some numbers, kind of dive into this one. Bart, I want to come out of the box and just say this about this game tomorrow. It is my belief, and I am not one of these guys, by the way, who gets on a message board and says, we have to take this game more seriously. We're not focused. What a fan thinks and what a team has done to lock in for a game are very different things. That being said, I know there's a lot of talk about whether K.J. Jefferson, the Arkansas quarterback, will play. I know there is a lot of euphoria after the win last week. I don't know that on par Mississippi State fans are worried enough about this ball game tomorrow. I think it's a dangerous game. My goodness, Charlie. You know, that's the thing about it. We've been around each other enough now that we kind of have the same train of thought. Because I was going to ask you the question, do you think brass tacks were going to win this football game? And I was anticipating you saying yes. And then I was going to say, well, that worries me. That's what worries me about this game is it seems like everyone is dis- discounting this game. Hey, we won big last week. Arkansas got blown out by Alabama. K.J. Jefferson, you don't know if he's going to play. And maybe that's just the you know 50% glass half empty Bart saying, I don't know if we're taking this game serious enough. Now, I know, like you said, it's a big difference of what's going on in the practice field and what's going on in the fan base. But, man, let me tell you this. Every time I've talked to somebody this week, oh, we're going to win. We're going to win big. Spreads up to eight and a half. We got this game, no doubt. And that's what worries me is because it's not about just K.J. Jefferson. It's about the running game. It's also about them trying to stop you. And that's what worries me more than anything is everybody sitting there saying, oh, this is, we got this one in the bag. Well, and I am always nervous about getting too excited or too optimistic or whatever value you want to put on it, buying in too much to a player not being available. If I had to go to Vegas and place a bet, I'd say that Jefferson probably doesn't play. But I am not too old to remember, or not too young to remember, rather, Going back to, I was so excited in the late 90s when Kevin Falk wasn't going to be able to play in a game for LSU. <laughs> yes, sir. So they had to go with Cecil Collins. Yeah, Cecil the Diesel. <laughs> and Cecil the Diesel didn't stop all day. <laughs> he, he ran all up and down the field. So I hesitate. I think part of it is people have this idea that Jefferson won't play, and therefore this is a ball game that we're going to run away with. Number one, I think that is a dangerous mentality. The guys behind them are college players. I mean, they're they're SEC athletes too. The second part of that is sometimes teams, and we've seen this, when they have a little adversity, when something like that happens, they just play a little freer. They open up in some other ways. And all of a sudden, maybe we're dealing with a wildcat offense out there. If you want to take a negative from Jefferson not playing, you don't really know what to prepare for because you got one guy that's basically a wildcat running type quarterback 
another guy who likes to throw, you get a mix of them. Yeah, and it goes back to what you just said a minute ago. If you'd have told me that Cooper Rush would have won four games as a backup for the Cowboys after Dak went down, I'd have told you you were crazy. And there's a lot of people in Dallas, a lot of people in Vegas that would have told you you're crazy too. Sometimes teams play a little bit freer. They feel like, hey, we've got to pick up our slack from the quarterback position and play better. We've got to run a little bit harder at the running back position. We've got to block a little bit better. We've got to hold a little bit better on that offensive line. And so that's that kind of those are things that kind of worry you a little bit. And if you think back to last year, if there was one good thing that Arkansas's offensive line did, they did a really good job of holding and not having it called. <laughs> well, yes, I thought uh, they were effective at that. So what do you make of this Arkansas team? They get a week one win over Cincinnati, 31-24. Rough up South Carolina, 44-30. It wasn't really that close. Get a win against Missouri State, an FCS team that kind of was like, hey, man, maybe something's not exactly right with Arkansas. They win that one 38-27. Bobby Petrino comes in. Then they lose to A&M, game they should have won. Should have won the that better game. Team. And then they lose last week to Alabama, a game that was a little bit weird because, you know, Alabama loses Bryce Young. Arkansas comes back, makes it a game, and then Arkansas kind of runs away with it, or Alabama, Alabama kind of runs away with it at the end. And then late in that game, K.J. Jefferson takes a hit to the head, and that's what Sam Pittman said after the game. You know, with all the things going on in the world with, you know, Tua a couple of weeks ago down in Miami, you know, and that's the thing about it. It's not it, Even if that had not happened, that's one thing that coaches are not going to play with is any kind of head injury. And so you don't know if you're going to see him or not. But Arkansas, that's why I go back to the point of they were better than Texas A&M. If they're not trying to stretch a ball over the goal line, leading 14-7 to in the second quarter, have the ball slapped free and taken the other way, that tied the game at 14. So instead of up by 14 points at 21-7, to it's tied at 14. And it's almost like that was the play that's kind of broken them a little bit. Now, here's the thing that I look at from last year when we played Arkansas. They played Arkansas Pine Bluff, and then they had an off week. So they had essentially two or three weeks to prepare for the spread air raid offense. This year, coming off playing Alabama, now they have to get ready for our offense. And so what do we talk about with Alabama? It's not just allowing them to beat you once. It's allowing them to beat you twice. And that was a physical football game in Fayetteville last week. And so from a Mississippi State standpoint, you hope that Alabama loss compounds into at least two. It certainly seems to happen that way with Alabama at times, doesn't it? Of course, a and is going to let us beat them twice. We just soften them up for Alabama. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things that jumps out at me about Arkansas, they're not great defensively. And Barry Odom, I thought, had a pretty good game plan against us last year. I guess you say that. You could say either they had a good game plan that we figured out or we were just really slow starting. They made us really struggle in the first half. Later in the ball game, we moved it up and down the field. Well, you got to think, you know, Sam Pittman has been there and what he has done against Mississippi State under when Mike Leach has been coaching for Mississippi State. You know, two years ago, they came in here after we had beaten LSU and they sat back, they ran the cloud, three down linemen, dropped eight, and K.J. Costello couldn't figure it out. And they walked out of here a winner. 
and then they did exa- exactly the same thing last year. I mean, this is what their their defense is built around. This is what – they're built for this as far as that's what they run. Three down linemen, they drop back eight. They're used to doing that. And so I guess you know that kind of lends itself to my first number if we want to get into the numbers. Well, before we do that, let's remind people that we are in the Farm Bureau studios. Farm Bureau agents in all 82 of Mississippi's counties, whatever you're in the need for in the insurance world – Call your friendly agents at Farm Bureau. Bart, take it away. All right. My first number kind of lends itself to the game plan of Barry Odom. Last year, Mississippi State, in the first two possessions, had to punt. In our third offensive possession, we threw an interception. We were a very slow starting team last year. And then we decided to go to the run game a little bit, try to open it up, because Arkansas was settling back. Will looked like he was trying to throw into 15 guys, dropping back in coverage. And so we began to run the ball, and it really opened up that defense. The first half tomorrow I think is a big key. I think our game plan is very similar this week that it was last week. What did we do early last week against A&M? We came out, we tried to establish a run. I think we need at least four yards per carry. My first first number is four. I think we need four yards per carry in the first half just to soften up that Arkansas defense because last year, once we began to soften them up with a run game, Will had one of his best days. The second half was a really good offense last year, but I think it has to come earlier this year, and four yards per carry in the first half is my first number. When you look at Arkansas collectively defending against the run this year, they're bottom third of the league. That being said, a lot of that is influenced heavy by the fact that Alabama put up over 300 rushing yards a week ago. It skews that numbers. What I would say is that Arkansas – they're an they're an average defense against the run. I don't think four yards, particularly in a defense that's going to have to be set up to commit to stopping the pass, I don't think that's too much to ask. No, not at all. And that's my only offensive number out of my three because I think this game is going to be won or lost for Mississippi State about how we defend Arkansas, especially against the run. Conversely, I say we need four yards per carry in the first half On the other side of that, I think we need to hold Arkansas to four yards per carry on first down. Last year, this is an Arkansas team that runs the ball about 61, 62% of the time on first down. When they line up on first down, they're going to primarily run the football. Last year, they had 35 first down plays against us. They ran it 20 of the 35, just pretty much on par. This year, 71 runs, 45 passes, and there's your 61 to 39% of running the ball on first down. I think they're going to try to run the ball on first down, and you have got to keep this offense in third down, second down, and six, and third down, and five, or whatever. But Arkansas last year ran the ball 20 times on first down against us for seven yards per carry. We have got to minimize that. So my second number is also four, but that's the Arkansas yards per carry on first down. When you give that number, are you factoring out sack yards? Yes, I don't factor in sack yards at all. When you look at this Arkansas team, in terms of yards per game, third most in the league, right behind, you know, Ole Miss is actually first, then Ole Miss in terms of rushing offense. Arkansas sits at third, but only 4.6 yards a carry, which if you look at the top half of the league, that's the lowest in terms of yard per carry. They just do it more. So, yeah, I can buy that. 
Yeah, this has this is just first down now. Yards per carry on first down. We just can't be in second down and short all day. My third number is 50. And that kind of goes along with that run game for Arkansas. If, if you're going to, you know, try to defend the run, what worries you if you're defending the run? It's that third down pass. Last year, that's where Arkansas killed us. Razorbacks last year on third down, once they were running the ball with Dylan Johnson and Rocket Sanders, last year on third down, they were nine for nine against us. We need to hold them to 50% passing on third down. And how do you do that? One is, is you have to limit that, that four. You have to limit it to four and make sure they're in third down and six instead of third down and two or three. Because there's a little bit difference in a play action and getting a five-yard pass play. It's another thing to drop back and have to get seven or eight on a pass play. We have to limit them to 50% completion percentage on third down. Sometimes we see teams on third down end up throwing short of the sticks. They don't pick it up. You don't care. Just We're just looking straight numbers. You're not going to be coming back here on Sunday and saying, well, they completed it, but it doesn't count because it didn't go for a first down. Yeah. Yeah, well, last year they were throwing it past the sticks and getting it. And I, I think that's what you got to keep them from doing is converting those third downs and staying on the field, and it kind of wears you down. Because if I had a, a fourth number, can you give me a fourth number today, Charlie? Let me make one quick note, by the way. Arkansas eighth in the league offensively on third down conversions. What's that, 43%? 42.86, so you're right there. 43. If I had a fourth number, I would say two, and that's the number of punts that we need to force Arkansas to the second half. Last week I said we needed A&M to punt the ball three times in the first half because we needed a fast start. I think Arkansas needs to punt it twice in the second half this week, and the reason I say that is is they're going to run the ball, and what are they going to try to do, wear you down? And that's what they did to us last year. They did not punt in the second half of that game last year against us up in Fayetteville. They wore us down defensively, and I think we need to get off the field and make some stops in the second half this week and force them to punt twice. And so if I had a fourth number, and I'm not going to take it, I'm just going to say if I did have it, I would say we need to force them to punt at least twice in the second half. And those are my numbers. You just want to be sure I couldn't use that number. That's exactly right. You were touching that piece of food before I could pick it up. Next right? week, I'm going to try to get about five or six numbers first. That's what you get for living, letting me. That's what you get for putting me on the spot early on and saying, hey, Bart, we've got to have your numbers before we get to mine. Sometimes I may take some of yours. All right. So, by the way, this is our Tracks Plus Deep Dig brought to you by our friends at Tracks Plus and one of my great party favors is winding Bart Gregory up and letting him – because, see, it's been more difficult now. Trax Plus has moved some guys around. You know, it used to be easy to know that you could go down to Hoop Weems and Alexandria and Gresh Howell and Summit. And, but you – I don't know that you can do this anymore. I can do this. Let me tell you this, because I've been studying – it's like a spelling bee. It's all memorization, okay? You got Daniel Bounds and Fred Fulton in Columbus. Those guys haven't changed. In Hickory – You've got Ken Crosby. He's been the mainstay down there. But you add Justin Ward, Andrew Harrison, Drew McGee, and then you got uh, Casey Eccles. Those guys are in the construction down there with the Saney excavators and mini excavators. And then they also have rental equipment down in uh, Hickory as well. I actually talked to Chad Tillman just the other day. Chad Tillman, Ryan Mosley. Summit, you add Caleb Pounds to the mixture along with Grace Howell. Hoop Williams is still in Alexandria. And then in Bessemer, you've got Nathan George and Josh Campbell. And so those are all your people 
at Tracks Plus at their five locations. How about that? I wonder if do they let Hoop Weems like cross state lines? I mean, is he like stuck in Alexandria or No, I've seen Hoop at the games up here. Okay. Like but but as far as working, I don't know. I don't know if they let Hoop do any kind of you other know, sales. Stick to your territory. Exactly. Our boys in Hickory will handle the rest. <laughs> no, hey, those guys have been great to us and uh if you're in the need for construction equipment, please uh give them a call. Um my numbers, uh, my first number is 400. I'm, of course, going high to low. 400 is the number of passing yards I'd like to see. We went over 400 last year. Arkansas defensively is not great against the pass. They gave up 325 against Cincinnati, 377 against South Carolina. And how many people have we heard say that Spencer Rattler is no good at football? All right, 377 to him. And then Missouri State puts up 357. We are a more pass-centric offense. I think we have to go over 400. Now, there's one asterisk, I guess, that just kind of scares me about everything because I feel like these numbers are different to some degree depending on who's playing quarterback tomorrow for Arkansas. But I'm just going to play it straight up. I'm going to pretend that Jefferson's playing. I think we need 400. One of the dangers, though, of this Arkansas approach kind of shortens games. So when you start saying we need this many yards – you recognize a team that can grind it out, particularly if he's hurt, could shorten your opportunities. But I think we need 400 yards passing in the game. Yeah, you know, last year when you look at time of possession, I keep on going back to last year's game, and here's the reason I do that, is because our personnel on offense and defense, for that matter, is, is very similar to what we saw in that game. Arkansas, if you have Jefferson in the game, offensively is very similar to the personnel that they had in this game last year. And so I keep going back to that number, but – the thing that Arkansas did last year is they held on to the football in the second half and really didn't give you – I mean, we, we scored some points. We put up some numbers. But they stayed on the field and did, like you said, shorten that game some. So 400, my number of passing yards, I think that we have to have in the ball game. And let me be clear about this too. I think it's out there. Passing of defense efficiency – in the league right now, there's only one team ranked lower than Arkansas, and that's Vanderbilt. So this is not a team that has been great against the pass. I think we have the opportunity to do that. So for me, 400 yards passing. Uh, the second number for me is six, and that's the number of plays over 10 yards I think we have to hold Arkansas to in the running game. Okay, in the running game. Okay. In the running game. All right. If you go and you look, they're averaging about seven or eight a game. We can't let them go off script. At a minimum, they got a quarterback who's banged up. You have to think that even if he plays, he's not going to be in a situation of lowering his head and fighting for yards. Scrambling has been a big part of their offense, the big part of their production. If you take that away, we, we can't let somebody else step up and have a big game rushing the football. Rocket Sanders, man, that's a guy you worry about. You know, last year against us, they went with that big running back. They had uh, wouldn't Dylan Johnson. Johnson was his last name. He was a big dude, and he could. Uh, I mean, he had like four or five runs last year over ten yards, and he was a big guy. I mean, it wasn't like he had breakaway speed. Rocket Sanders has more speed than he does, and I agree with that number. What's your third? Three, and three is the number of empty possessions. I believe Arkansas needs to start this football game. When you look at their games this year against Cincinnati, they punted five of the first six times they had the football. Now, South Carolina, conversely, a game they win, they score touchdowns on three straight possessions to start the game. 
Missouri State, they won, but they struggled. Four empty possessions, two punts, two fumbles to start the game. Better against Texas A&M, two touchdowns in the first four possessions. But then last week against Alabama, six empty possessions. Five punts, one fumble to start the game. This is an offense that struggles at time to find itself. You cannot let them get going early. It's a team that does much better in the second half than the first. Don't let them get it cranked up early. So three is the number of empty possessions to start the game I want to see from Arkansas. Yeah, it's kind of like you, very similar to what we said last week against A&M. We needed them to, to start slow because they were a better second-half team. We need this team to start slow. We need a good defensive output early in this game of stopping a run. No, we absolutely do. So that's a look at our three numbers. And it's time now to move to our two players each. Well, my first guy is going to be on the offensive side. It's going to be Jason Hazelwood. He's a slot receiver. And Hazelwood is their leading receiver. He's caught the most balls of anybody this year. I think if Arkansas does not go with K.J. Jefferson, Cade Fortin is going to be their quarterback if he does quarterback. You know, he was at South Florida last year, started his career at North Carolina. He's a career 49% passer. And so with a slot receiver in Hazelwood, He's a guy that makes catches at a 5.9 average depth of target. Last week, he caught the most balls for Arkansas, and his depth of target was 2.3. I think if they do try to throw the ball and try to take the pressure off the running game, it's going to be quick passes, and Hazelwood really becomes a big factor in that. All right, so who's your second? Second guy is going to be the linebacker, Drew Sanders. He wears number 42. He has just one pass breakup this season. When you start looking at at tackles, he's got 26 tackles. He had seven tackles last week, but he has not been very good in pass coverage. He's given up 13 receptions and 17 targets. He only has one pass breakup, and the thing that teams have been able to do is have over 10 yards per catch when they target Sanders in the middle of the field. And so I just think that linebacker for Arkansas and our inside receivers or even Tulu and those guys coming back in with some slants is going to bring Sanders into this game, and he has not been great this year at coverage. Look for him. He wears number 42. And those are my two guys that can kill you. Brought to, by, brought to you by Two Brothers Smoked Meats on University Drive here in Startville. Two brothers may go there later today. Can't say for sure. Get my book ready for the broadcast tomorrow. But Two Brothers is always my go-to on Friday, sometimes on Saturday, sometimes on Tuesday, Charlie. I just go to Two Brothers at least one time a week. That's my quota is a minimum of one time a week that I go to Two Brothers just because it's good food. I get the wings. A lot of times people I go with, they get the tacos. It's just the cheese fries, whatever you want. All the food is outstanding. It's sit on the porch weather right now. You can sit out on the front porch or the balcony. Great people watching, looking down University Drive. But uh, Two Brothers Smoked Meats, man, you're talking about a staple in Startville now. If you're coming to town, Want to look for somewhere to go after the game? Got an 11 o'clock game this Saturday. Looking for somewhere to go after the game? It will be cranking. It will be crunk Saturday night at Two Brothers. All right, so let me give you my two players. The first one for me is a defensive back, number 17, Hudson Clark. Clark is a former walk-on. He's from Dallas, Texas, Highland Park High School, which, by the way, Matt Stafford, Clayton Kershaw, fame, went to Highland Park High School. Doesn't Jerry Jones live in Highland Park? He does, and John Stephen Jones, 
quarterback Tylen Park to a state championship before kind of playing in Arkansas. I mean, he was on the roster. He actually played on the field here. Hey, Jerry, Jerry was here. Jerry Jones played at Arkansas. Jimmy Johnson played at Arkansas. Barry Switzer. Hey, he turned 85 a couple of days ago. I saw that. Barry Getting Switzer. up there. Um, so, anyway, Hudson Clark, though, out of Highland Park High School, he's a former walk-on and actually started seven games at cornerback as a walk-on back in 2020. And he actually had three interceptions in one game, a ball game against Troy, he was the first guy to do that since Darren Williams. Remember Bulldog defensive back Darren Williams? Yeah, from Clarksdale. And, and I misspoke. He actually did his against Ole Miss. who had three interceptions against Ole Miss. That was the game where Ole Miss just kept throwing it to the other team. Darren Williams had his three interceptions versus Troy. So Hudson Clark, the guy to look out for. Now, here's the problem with Hudson. He's been decent in coverage. He's missed a lot of tackles. Um, he is – Right now at a 40% miss clip on tackles. So we sometimes hear about, you know, cornerbacks that don't like to come up and hit. I don't think it's that. I mean, he he gets there. It's just holding on that sometimes he has trouble with. He didn't wrap up. What's that old adage you hear in football practice? Wrap up. Quit throwing your shoulder at him. Uh, So Hudson Clark, my first guy. My second guy is Zach Williams. And – you have talked about the ability to get to the quarterback. Drew Sanders can do that. Drew Sanders, who you talked about earlier, has gotten to the quarterback 21 times yeah. in pressure. Zach Williams is the guy to me who is a little bit of that. You always say, well, who's your X factor on defense? I think Zach Williams is that guy. He's one of these guys who can have two sacks in the game or no tackles. You just almost don't know what you're going to get. His dad, by the way, started at linebacker there in the late 80s. He is a good player. He's a big guy, 6'4", 261. He's a senior. I think the big thing for him is consistency. The question is which one of him shows up tomorrow. Yeah, that's that's a big point right there. And going back to the, uh, what you said about Drew Sanders, and that was one of the points I was going to make about Drew and just overlook my node, is he does get pressure on the quarterback when he needs to. And so therein lies what is Arkansas going to do from a blitzing standpoint in bringing linebackers. Last year, they did not blitz against Will Rogers. They sat back the entire game, even when we were running the ball. They just didn't blitz. Will they bring 42? Will they bring some linebackers in the game tomorrow? That's going to be the big key because the first two years that Sam Pittman – has played Mississippi State under Mike Leach. They have not brought any blitz pressure. Does that change tomorrow? It could, especially after last week. We've beaten A&M back-to-back years because they didn't bring anybody. They didn't bring any pressure whatsoever. And so you kind of wonder if Sam Pittman's going to take that death by a 1,000 cuts tomorrow, or is he going to try to ratchet up some pressure? You know, we always think about stopping the passing game in the secondary. I think a lot of the way you stop the passing game in the air raid is with your defensive line. And the question is, do you got to bring extra people? But pressure, whether it's blitz, whether it's not, getting pressure on the quarterback, getting Will Rogers off his spot, making him move around. I think if I'm Arkansas, that's got to be at the top of my list. And watching, as you say, what Mississippi State did against A&M last week, I think you just have to decide you're gonna, you're not going to let Rogers just stand there and throw it. Yeah, and the whole key, and it goes back to this is one of the things to look for in a game, is what kind of pressure can they get with their front three? 
can their three beat our five? And, you know, we, we've, we've talked about that ad nauseum in the past two years. But can they get any kind of semblance of pressure with their three down linemen? I think that's a massive key in the game. All right, so that's a look at our two players. So, Bart, what's your – you got one more thing? Well, I'll, I won't let you go first this week. As far as the one more thing, the one big thing of Arkansas, can I defer to you? Yeah, you can defer to me. And here's the truth about it. I don't have much to say. You know, I um, I don't hate Arkansas. I don't love Arkansas. I don't – this isn't like one of those I'm going to wake up tomorrow with just some visceral hatred of a school and their team. But I'm going to wake up tomorrow worried that this is a football game we need to win. We're on a it, – it's crazy when you look around at the commentators right now. Mississippi State's hot. They're playing well. They're really clicking. We beat Bowling Green in a bad A&M team. Now, I, I want us to feel like we're playing well, and I think we are. But you got to start doubling those things up. You gotta, you got to win this football game tomorrow. I think this is a really important game for us tomorrow. And even though I don't love 11 o'clock, I think it is absolutely vital that our fans figure out a way to get into that game. Yeah, and I go back to the point what we talked about last week too. When we blocked that field goal and ran it back, you can't replicate that sitting at home. You can't replicate that, you know, watching that game on TV at a bar somewhere. You felt it if you were there. And tomorrow's a game, big game atmosphere. The weather should be really good. Shouldn't be just extremely hot. It's going to be sunny, so wear your SPF 2000 if you're me. But, man, come be a part of the game because I go back to the point that we talked about early on, Charlie. There's a lot of people out there who are thinking this game's in the bag, and it's the furthest thing from it. Here's one of the things that I look at with Arkansas. When I look at with all the schools and I start going through, when you have our one big thing, you start looking at who's your notable alumni. You know, who are the people that you think of? Pat Summerall went to Arkansas. Pat Summerall, to me, growing up as a kid, watching the NFL, was a staple. He was a mainstay. And, of course, he passed away a couple of years ago. We've talked about, uh, you know, Arkansas with their football. We talk about, you know, Jimmy Johnson. We talk about Jerry Jones. We talk about Barry Switzer and, and all those guys that were part of the Arkansas program back then and how big of a factor they began to be on the Cowboys back in the 1990s. And so, yeah, anyway, that's kind of what I look at with Arkansas. I don't hate Arkansas at all. Some of their fans, just like everybody else, some of their fans are a little over the top. You know, one of my favorite Pat Summerall calls, though, was in the Super Bowl, Phil Sims throwing the touchdown to Mark Bavaro. Yep. And I think about how it doesn't fit with today, but the entire call was Sims, Bavaro, touchdown. (laughs) <laughs> and it was perfect. And that's juxtaposed against a John Madden who is so, you know, larger than life. You get fired for that today. That's why I love Pat Summerall. Now, you know, it feels like you got to scream and yell over a third and two in the early first quarter. So Yeah. Hey, John Daly. We should have gotten John Daly on the show. How crazy it's would that like have been? like the A team, if you know where to find him. <laughs> Well, hey, big game, big yeah, game. Yeah, we got to have this one tomorrow. Yep, got to have it. So. All right, so we'll be back on Sunday, our Sunday coffee, and we hope to be breaking down a win. I think we will be. I think we will be. We'll see you then.